Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting podcast. Visit our website at www.oalaig.org where you'll find three separate speaker feeds with over 400 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Craig. Hi, I'm Craig, compulsive reader. Um, I'm grateful to have my abstinence and uh, grateful for the opportunity to share it with you guys. I've got 29 years abstinence and uh, when I came into program I was 30 pounds overweight. But over the course of my uh, eating career I was more than 50 pounds overweight. And uh, I just, when it was, when it got to be over 50 I stopped weighing myself. And so I want to tell you what it was like before and what it's like now and, and what made the difference. What it was like was awful. I mean, it was just, just really awful. Um, I was fat. I was unhappy. I didn't know how to live. And um, my way of dealing with anything was just food. Um, when I was a, a kid, when I was a, a little kid and I... Uh, I'd come home from school, and school was stressful for me. Any kind of social interaction was stressful for me. And so I would raid the cabinet and and start shoveling in food. And it got to the point where my parents were worried about me, so they put a lock on the the sweet cabinet. And I was a a smart, young, compulsive overeater, and I got a screwdriver, and I unscrewed the lock, the, the whole locking mechanism, chowed down, put it back in place. And they saw the food was disappearing and they couldn't figure out how. Okay. And you may hear about uh, uh, alcoholics who, uh, when they're young, they do it from the bottle and fill it up with water to the same level so the parents don't know. I did that with ice cream. I would like eat a lot of ice cream that was in the refrigerator and then fluff it up and refreeze it to the same level Okay, but here's, here's how it was. It's like, um, um, I'll give you one example. I'll give you a bunch of examples. I got 40 minutes. Wow. Um, I, I, there was a point at which um, I was in a relationship. My girlfriend and I broke up, and then um, we agreed we would meet again a month later. So a month later, I went to this place. We went to the airport. We were going to meet at the airport. And uh, I got there before she did, and we were going to have dinner. And I was so stressed out, I, I went to the hot dog concessionaire, and I just started eating hot dogs, just shoveling in hot dogs. It's like the emotions were so intense, and I had no way of dealing with them. So before our get-together for dinner, I was just shoveling in hot dogs, and I couldn't stop. And um, that was another period where... Um, <coughs> I uh, I was I was quite fat and um, I hadn't worn a suit in, in like half a year or so and there was an occasion where I had to put on a suit so the evening of the event I put on a suit and it wouldn't fit I waited for the last minute it never occurred to me I couldn't get into my suit I couldn't buckle the pants I couldn't close the pants I couldn't you know, button the jacket. It was just horrible. And I felt 
the way we feel, you know, in, in occasions like that. It was humiliating and, and it was saddening to the point of deep depression. And over the years, I had tried everything to lose weight. I had, you know, try, I tried Weight Watchers, and that worked for a while. And I tried amphetamines, and that worked for a while. And I tried one meal a day, and that worked for a while. But see, all these things, they worked for a while, and then they stopped working because I didn't have a way of living. That's what we've got here. We've got a way of living. Um, I'll be talking about the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. It's what saved me. When I came in the program, I've got 29 years, so... 29 years ago, there wasn't an OA book. There was the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And thank God, because uh, it's just an, it's, there's an incredible relief that I got when I read that and when I started working it. And I still recommend that to people. If you're having a hard time with program and you haven't read the big book, read the big book. God, it's, it's, it's a wonderful relief and it's, it shows you how to do stuff. Not to knock the a, uh, OA book. Okay, but um, all these things worked for short periods of time and then there would come a day where I would just blow it and once you blow it a little bit, within an hour you're blowing it massively. And for me, I wasn't um, an anorexic. I don't, know, I don't know much about that disease except that we both suffer from a food addiction. But for me, I just couldn't stop eating. And... Um, so some of my worst times were uh, coming home from work and not taking off my clothes because I was I was fat and everything was constricting. And I remember a summer it was a summer day and uh, summer evening and I was sweating and I was fat and nothing was comfortable to wear and. All I could do was think about the food that I'd thrown out into the trash can outdoors, swearing I'd never eat this again, and then getting dressed and going out and getting the food. And, and I used to do that regularly, swear off and then eat. Okay, that's how it was. And I can give you a million more examples, but let me talk about what it's like now. Now I like, I have a normal life. It's not the best life in the world. It's not the worst life in the world, but it's a life where I'm not addicted to the food. It's like I, I have been blessed with freedom from the compulsions. Or, when, when I do suffer the compulsions, to you know, really chow down and, or in be, eat in between meals, I've been given the strength to not have to engage, engage the compulsions. Man, as I'm talking about this, I'm getting chilled because I remember how bad it was. I mean, it's like you can talk about it and it's like intellectual, but when you're going through it, it's just unbearable. Here's what... Also, I've got a way of living now. I mean, I know how to live. It's it's um, right there, the 12 Steps. Oh, that's just the 12 Steps of Alcoholics. It's 12 Steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, which has been adapted to Overeaters Anonymous. Um, okay, here's what made the difference. I was in my 30s, and I had tried all these different ways of losing weight, as I mentioned to you, and um, nothing worked except for short periods of time. And then I heard about OA, and I went to an OA meeting in the Valley. This is Darby Street in the Valley. And I, I was amazed, because I... I heard people talking about how they used to be fat and they were thin now 
and I, I saw people that, you know, over the course of a month, they, they, they lost weight or they kept their weight off. It was, the program was clearly working for them. And, and the stories I heard were like my story. So I figured, all right, this can really work. And so I got scared and I left. And I didn't come back for about two months. Because I, I couldn't imagine living without the food. That's the thing. And then I came back and I figured, all right, I'm going to try this. And so I, um, I asked somebody to sponsor me who was in the meeting. And he said, okay. And, and he said, well, when do you want to start doing this? And I, um, I said, well, you know, start now. And he stressed, one day at a time. All right, now this is important because for me, I figured, okay, maybe I can do it for a day. Abstinence back then was three meals a day and nothing in between. Now it's a little more complicated because you have much more freedom to choose your own abstinence. Back then it was so clear-cut and it was great because three meals a day and nothing in between. That's abstinence. You don't eat after dinner. Okay, now it's easy in terms of a concept, but how do you do it? Okay, that was the theme. So I said, okay, I'm willing to try it. I think it was Wednesday. I mean, I think it was Tuesday that we, we, said, we made this, we had this discussion, and then on Wednesday was going to be my first day. Wednesday I got up, I ate breakfast. It was an enormous breakfast. It was, it was just a huge breakfast. And at the end of the breakfast, I said, breakfast is over. So, question, oh, how much time do I, I speak till, what, 20 after, is that right? Okay. Right. Oh, thank you. All right. So I had a huge breakfast, and then at the end of the breakfast, I said, breakfast is over. And then, here's the magical part. It's like I didn't eat again until it was lunchtime. And, and at lunchtime, I had lunch. And it was an enormous lunch. It's like I didn't need to eat in between because I was just shoveling in the food. But nonetheless, I had lunch. At the end of the lunch, I said, lunch is over. Okay. Same with dinner. Um, I had dinner. It was a very big dinner. I said, dinner's over. And, and, I, and I prayed um, to my higher power. And I said, I, you know, uh, I don't think I can do this. I'm going to be chowing down soon if this is up to me. So please help me. That was basically my prayer. And uh, at the end of... Um, and I didn't eat that the rest of that night. And I did go to a meeting, and I called my sponsor, and I said, okay, I did this. You know, I'm going to bed now, and I hope I don't have to get up in the middle of the night and eat like I usually do. And he said, well, you got, you got one day of abstinence now. Do you want to shoot for another one tomorrow? Just one more day. Just, you know, Thursday, you want to shoot for a second day of abstinence. So I said, okay. Did, did it Thursday. It worked. Did it Friday. I got a week this way, a week of abstinence. And then I got a month of abstinence. And I want to tell you, I gained weight. I put on several pounds during that month because I was, I was still shoveling down the food. But I had a month of abstinence, a month of eating three meals a day and nothing in between. And for me, um, who is a shoveling it in to kill the feelings type of eater, that was amazing. Then I, then, okay, now the question is, how did I get to do that when my whole history in the past was nothing was saving me from compulsive overeating? I went to the meetings, and I listened to the stories, and I read the big book, 
and I worked the steps. Um, I, I, I don't want to be critical, but I do want to say it amazes me how many people I find in OA who don't work the steps. Who, they, they don't understand that the way you get the weight loss and the freedom from the obsession is by working the steps. So, but every, each to his own. I mean, if what, what you're doing works for you, good. If it doesn't, try working the steps. So, um, I admitted I was powerless over food. My life was unmanageable. That's a no-brainer. Um, came to believe a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. I didn't... Um, believe in a traditional concept of God. But in the big book, uh, it was very reassuring. I read, we don't have to accept somebody else's concept of God. We can have God as we understand him. God as we understand him. And that's italicized. And if you guys read the big book, you'll see hardly anything's italicized. Hardly anything is really emphasized. But that's emphasized. Okay, so I have a higher power. The higher power is stronger than than the me up here in my head, the conscious me that wants to screw me up. I asked my higher power for help, and I got help. And um, third step, made a decision to turn our will over to our will and lives over the care of God as we understand Him. As we understand Him, okay, I did that one day at a time. And then as, as I got more into the program and more uh, had more time of abstinence. At one point, my sponsor said to me, well, you know, you're not losing weight. And, and I assume, like the rest of us, you're here because you don't want to be fat anymore. So when do you want to start doing three moderate meals a day? That sounded good. I mean, I was doing three meals a day, nothing in between. But, so he said, moderate meal, try moderate meals. So, again, one day at a time. For one day, I was going to try three moderate meals. Um, I had breakfast, and at the end of breakfast, I said, breakfast is over. And I say this out loud. Even when I'm with people, I generally say it out loud unless it's really awkward, and then I'll write it down on a sheet of paper. I'll just write, the meal is over, period. That period means no snacking out of the pan while I'm washing dishes, no eating crumbs. It's like, the meal's over. That helps. That concreteness helps. Um... So I had a moderate breakfast, I had a moderate lunch, and then came dinner. And I went to this place in the valley that I that I often go to, and uh, it's a it's a smorgasbord, all you can eat. Okay, I had I had one dish, you know, put the stuff on, and one dish. Now in the past, for me, one dish doesn't even begin. The meal doesn't even start until like I've swallowed like two dishes, and then I start getting serious about the food. <laughs> but here, okay, so I, I ate one dish, and at the end of it, I left the restaurant, and I was out in the parking lot, and I said to my higher power, please help me. I, you know, I can't, I don't think I can do this, but the other guys in the program are working the program, and, and they've been able to lose weight, and many of them are keeping their weight off by doing this, so please help me. And I got help. I didn't have to eat any more of that smorgasbord. I ate my one dish worth, and I said, dinner's over, and I didn't eat again for the rest of the night. Now, here's something that's that's useful, I have found useful. When I have food cravings, and it's after dinner, or it's like in between meals, 
I just say to myself, all right, this thing that I want to eat, I can eat it when it's meal time, like if it's after dinner, okay? And I get craving for uh, cake, all right? I can have cake tomorrow morning for breakfast if I still want it. So it's not like I don't get to have this forever. It's like I just don't get to have it until the next meal. And so I did the three moderate meals a day and nothing in between, and I started losing weight. And like I said, when I came in, I was 30 pounds overweight. And then I had put on some weight. The weight came off once I started doing three moderate meals a day and nothing in between. It came off at about five pounds a month. And then I got to normal weight and uh, kept working the program. I did the other steps, which, if, if there's time, I'll go into that later. Um, but um, something else that has worked for me, and I'll just mention it in case it, it's useful for anybody else, um, I, I log my food in. I'm, I'm In the beginning, I just did, I made three columns on a sheet of paper and just wrote down everything I had for breakfast, lunch, and dinner each day. Then after a while, since I was doing this every day, I, um, I made the lines straighter with a ruler and log, you know, marked down the seven days of the week and I Xeroxed it, so I've got a form. And I've been doing this for 29 years. I can tell you what I had for breakfast 15 years ago, where and with who. If, if I mean, with... When I had a meal with somebody, I put down who, and if it was out of the house, I put down where. That's not the important thing, but I can tell you everything I ate, because if it goes into my mouth, it gets written down on that sheet of paper. That has helped me. Um, not sure why, but, but just, no, well, yeah, it's knowing that um, I'm eating abstinent meals, and at the end of the meal, I put, you know, the meal is over, and I know that's it, and that's been useful for me. Um, Going to meetings has helped. I don't go to as many meetings now as I used to. In the beginning, I was going to a meeting every day. And boy, was I glad to go to a meeting every day because I needed it. I needed to hear from other people who were following this path. And uh, also, reading, um, reading the stories in the big book helps. I, I want to explain. When I talk about the big book... Um, it's because alcoholics have the same disease we have, and, and we have the same disease they have, and with drug addicts, we all have the same disease. It just manifests in a different medium. It's like drug addicts use drugs, alcoholics use booze, we use food, but we do it the same way. We can't stand the feelings. We can't stand the pain, and so we just use what we've got. Um, okay, so... Uh, in the stories in the big book, uh, I read about people that were hopeless alcoholics. <coughs> hopeless. I mean, they had tried everything. They couldn't stop. Their whole life was in ruins, and they couldn't stop. And then they discovered this program. And one day at a time, they managed to stop. And people in those stories, you know, you read about these people that, that after a lifetime of drinking and being unable to stop, they finally, by working the program, stopped. And many of them stayed stopped, lived sober, and died sober. And in this program, we've got compulsive overeaters. We get abstinent. Some of us go out. Some of us don't go out. There's many people who get abstinent, stay abstinent, and die abstinent. 
in their 70s or whatever. Um, and I'm happy that I know a bunch of these people that are still around, that were there when I got abstinent from the Derby meeting, you know, 29 years ago. It's, it's, it's such a pleasure to see them at meetings, even the, even the ones I don't like. Because, you know, there's personality conflicts. But, but even the ones I don't like, you see them and you, you see they're still abstinent, still working the program after all these years, and that helps. Okay, so, uh, let's see what else about the steps. Oh, yeah, man. Let's talk about four, five, six, and seven. Four, five steps, all the steps are important, but different steps resonate with different people in a different way. For me, steps four, five, six, and seven made a major difference in my life and still do. This is where we discover why we eat, the things that we eat over, the character defects we have that cause us to not be able to stop eating and to have to deal with life through food. And that's in step four, where we make a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves and we put down our character defects. So we identify them. Step five, we admit to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Okay, we've identified these character defects in step four. In step five, we admit them to ourselves, to our higher power, and to our sponsor or to somebody else. Okay, step seven, we... Oh, let's not forget step six. (laughs) Okay, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Okay. Became ready to let them go. Now, in the big book, it says... um, Well, here... um, Step seven, humbly ask Him to remove our shortcomings. In the big book, it talks about how we ask Him to remove them all and at once in, in um, part of the explanation of the big book. I did it just one at a time. I mean, I had like maybe, let's say, four or five major character defects, things that were destroying my life and making me miserable. And, you know, a lot more, but the big ones. Okay? And, um, and one at a time. I, I, I admitted it to myself, my higher power, and my sponsor. And then I became ready. And and that was where I said, okay, am I willing to let this go? I'll give you an example. But remember, you know, my character defects are different than your character defects. We've all got different ones. And for me, the character defects weren't classified in in simple and usual ways, like procrastination or this, that, or the other thing. I do suffer from procrastination. But for me, the character defect, it wasn't just I procrastinate. It's like I fiercely resist taking any action that's going to be good for me. (laughs) And that was reality. I mean, I sabotaged myself so many times in my life. So that was my character defect. I admitted it. And then I became ready to have it removed. One day at a time. Boy, was that a tough one. Become, because, you know, my life was, uh, was based on my character defects. Okay? I um, became ready to have it removed, and then I humbly asked my higher power to remove my shortcomings. One day at a time. Just, just for today, let me not keep shooting myself in the foot. Let me not sabotage myself. Let me not fiercely resist taking action. Okay? Then I took contrary action, which means I did this. I did the things that I was supposed to do. Now, the character defects, as I heard it explained, um, 
they're the things that are standing between us and our higher power. It's like, if we have a loving higher power, and I believe we do, I certainly do, because here I am with 29 years of abstinence, um, if I've got a loving higher power, then he wants me to get over the character defects. He wants me to get rid of these things that are ruining my life. So I ask for his help. And uh, so I suggest that you do the steps. And and for me, it helped to focus on four, five, six, and seven. Another character defect. Um, it, I mean, it seems weird to talk about this to people because they're so personal. And we've each got our own. But another one that was a big one was... I believe I was born to suffer. I believe I'm not supposed to be happy. I'm not supposed to be a satisfied person who has love in their life and, and um, like that. Okay? Boy, was that a tough one to let go of. I worked on it every day. I admitted it. I asked my higher power for help. I tried to become willing. Worked on it a long time. Now, I, for, I've got to retrieve from that now. I don't have that anymore. I don't believe I'm meant to suffer. I believe I'm meant to be I'm meant to be able to enjoy life, to help others, and to be productive. Those are the three things that I focus on these days. Instead of the character defect of I'm supposed to be unhappy. Uh, okay, then the other character the other <laughs> the other steps. And um, the the stories helped a lot, as I mentioned. Let's see if there's anything else I can say that can help. Oh, it helped to go to a lot of different meetings because, you know, um, different meeting, each meeting has its own character. And if you don't hear what you need at one meeting, you go to another meeting. Uh, I can't think of anything else. So, uh, if it's okay, I'll just, you said I, I can take questions. I'll take questions. Uh, when I take a new sponsee, how do I like them to work the steps with me? Um, I start them at reading the big book. And we read chapter by chapter, and I ask them to underline the stuff that resonates with them, the stuff that they relate to. And then we talk about that. And um, I ask them, do you have, um, are you powerless over food? And is your life unmanageable? And usually that's, not something that is uh, that gets a no, not me, I'm okay. Usually people say yes, you know, and then so we, we move on from there to one step at a time, you know, came to believe, made a decision. The came to come to believe is hard for a lot of people. Um, for me, what helped was, as I say, not having to accept a traditional concept of God. I've got loving higher power. But it's not out there in the heavens, and it doesn't have to be. But for people that do have that traditional one, that works for them. Okay, um, so we basically go through the steps. I don't sponsor people where I uh, have them call me every day. It's maybe a couple times a week, whenever they get in trouble, and we, you know, we talk regularly, but not daily. Sure. Well, Rod asked, um, "Can I say the promises of work in my life?" Yeah, they have. But my memory is like Swiss cheese. I'm, I'm like 64. My memory is terrible. So if you'll tell me 
if you can repeat the promises, I'll tell you. Well, let's see. Pure financial insecurity has not left me. Let's look at that. Um, yeah, I know how to deal with situations that used to baffle me. Most of the time, I, I pray and I ask my higher power for guidance. And usually when I ask for guidance, I get guidance. So that one has, has, been, uh, has helped me. Anybody have a big book or piece of literature with the promises? If we're painstaking about this phase of our development, we'll be amazed before we are halfway through. Yeah, I was amazed within, within two months. We're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. Man, I can tell you without doubt, I've got a freedom from compulsion to compulsively overeat that I didn't have when I, before program. New happiness, it comes and it goes. Um, we will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. I still regret the past. <laughs> well, I'm being honest with you guys. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. I have a lot more serenity than I ever did before. It's, I'm not in the constant unhappiness and misery like I used to be before program. Um, no matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. Absolutely, and this is an example of it. Here I get a chance to talk to you guys about, you know, one of the most horrible phases in my life, my compulsive overeating, which lasted for a good part of my life, and hopefully this will benefit somebody. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. Self-pity hasn't disappeared. Uh, although it's less. I mean, I re- you know, I recognize this as a character defect. When I am just sitting around feeling sorry for myself, bitching and moaning and woe is me, that kind of stuff. I recognize this didn't get me anywhere. And it's not what my higher power wants for me. He wants me to go out there and help people and be productive and find happiness in my own life. So, um, it hasn't disappeared, but it's gotten better. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. There's a lot of that that's true. I, I I don't follow the path of ambition and self-seeking the way I used to. And I am interested in my fellows. As a matter of fact, I want to mention that early in my program, a pillar of the program was doing things to help other people. And I'm not saying this like, wow, my great, or to be Pollyanna-ish. But when I was having trouble with the food, when I did something to help somebody particularly in a face-to-face personal way where I actually saw somebody who had a need and I could do something to help them, and I did, it made it easier not to have the compulsion to eat for that day. And I do tell that to my sponsees when they're telling me they're having a hard time. And, you know, I ask them, you you know, in this last week, have you done anything to help anybody? Okay, so... um, Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Yes, it has. Fear of people and economic insecurity will leave us. Fear of people is nowhere near as strong as it used to be with me. It used to be horrible. I mean, I used to be afraid of everybody. don't have that anymore. I still got fear of economic insecurity. We will intuitively know how to deal with situations which used to baffle us, more so than in the past. We realize that God, or in my case, my higher power, is doing for me what I could not do for myself. Yes, and that comes in 
in the form of uh, oh thank you that comes in the form of guidance it's like it'd be great if I could say to my higher power please take care of this and he takes care of it ain't that way but when I'm having a problem in my life I ask for guidance and often I get the guidance so thanks for the question Rod good question um, so um, dealing with uh, procrastination specifically self-sabotage yeah what kind of uh, contrary action helps you kind of help you get out of that uh, pattern of behavior regarding procrastination I make a list of the different major areas of my life and I make a list of the things that um, need to be done the next step in each area and I take the next step when I can I mean I still have the character defect of procrastination but it's not as bad as it used to be and um, also your question so the answer is you make a list so you know what the next step is you may not take it but you know what it is at least and then when you when you get the spiritual help that you need when you ask for God's help then you can take the step um I, I don't have it with me today, which is odd, but I want to tell you, I carry around my character defects all the time. I mean, I've got them uh, written down, and I keep them in my left back pocket all the time, and I look at them throughout the day, because it's important for me to be reminded, what are the things I'm trying to let go of, and that I'm asking my higher power to help me get over? Okay, any other questions? Okay, the question was, what do I do on a daily basis? Um... In working my program, I get up, I ask my higher power to give me guidance. I thank my higher power for for my abstinence, and then um, I set about my day. And over the course of the day, uh, before dinner, I always sit down and read in um, some of the program literature or in the big book. But I always spend a few minutes reading something and then thinking about it. And before each meal, I say a prayer, and it's a small prayer. And again, this is this is how I do it. You guys might do it differently. My prayer is, thank you, God, for my abstinence and for this abstinent meal. Amen. And I eat. Okay, that's the beginning of the meal. Till I say that, I don't eat it. I don't eat a crumb. I say that the meal starts at the end of the meal. I say the meal is over. And after the meal's over. By the grace of God, I haven't had to have a crumb um, for 29 years. Except for, I, I do want to mention, there are periods where I've allowed myself an emergency food. And uh, I don't abuse it, but like at one phase it was carrots. I said, okay, in between meals, carrots are okay. And so when, when I needed it, I would just have carrots. Another time it was mushrooms, uh, foods that I don't generally overeat on. Uh, so there has been that. And then at the end of the day, um, oh, and I try to talk to somebody in program every day. And then at the end of the day, I uh, thank my higher power for, again, for my abstinence. And, uh, and I ask for guidance on the problems that I have. Um, my higher power... Isn't I don't have a visual image of my higher power, uh, and I'll tell you what my higher power is like to me. But I, I want to emphasize again: you guys have your own higher power. I mean, everybody we get to have a higher power that works for us. My, my higher power is within me. It's a higher part of me that isn't in the conscious level. It's like it's, 
you know, some people call it a soul or whatever. I don't think of it in those terms. But it's like, it's the part of me that is stronger than the conscious me up in my brain that wants to screw me up. And it's the part that cares for me. And when I ask for help, I usually get help. Um, is that a good, good enough definition? No, it hasn't. It's, uh, it's pretty much been the same higher power for a long time. And uh, if, if you're not allowing yourself to accept your higher power, I'd suggest you give it a shot. What a difference it makes, because there's so many things we can't handle, like the food, by ourselves. We just can't handle it. But, but our higher power can handle it. And uh, Good question. Okay, the question is, do I still get food thoughts and food fantasies? I don't. I still think of food. There's only a few foods that I don't eat. It's like some people don't eat bread and some people don't eat sugar, and if that works for them, fine. For me, uh, I don't avoid those foods. My problem was volume. I just shoveled in the food. But still, there are some foods that I haven't had in 29 years because they're like, I know that they're just terrible, and and if I start them, I'll just keep eating them. So there's a few foods like that. Um... But when I get thoughts of food, and I do, it's like I said earlier, I will remind myself, okay, I can, if I still want this, you know, bouillabaisse, okay? I like bouillabaisse. If I still want bouillabaisse, um, for, uh, let's say I've had lunch and I haven't had dinner yet, when it's time for dinner, I can go to a restaurant and I can get bouillabaisse, okay? Or whatever. It's like I can eat, or if it's after dinner, if I still want X, Y, or Z, I can have it tomorrow morning if I still want it for breakfast. So that helps. Also, there's times when I call somebody else in program and I say, man, here's what I'm thinking about and um, I commit. I'm not going to have this until time for the next meal, if at all. And that helps, having somebody in program that you can email or call and commit your food to. Okay, I think I'm out of time. I want to thank you guys for listening, and and, um, I'm very grateful for this program. Thank you.